0: The Small Town Business Podcast is sponsored by Visit Gippsland, the land of many wonders. Head to visitgippsland.com.au to plan your trip. Whether it's walking and hiking or cycling or driving, camping, fishing, drinking and eating, you'll be exploring some of the most unforgettable destinations around. Head to their website or get inspired by their social media. All the links are in the show notes.
1: Basically... I have found something that works that our followers are interested in and that also helps our business and repeated that as long as people are still interested in it.
0: One positive thing the pandemic gave us was bread porn. I'm sure you know exactly what I mean. Bubbling, sticky dough fermenting in a country kitchen, crusty golden loaves split down the middle or cut open to reveal that gorgeous open crumb. From the confines of our homes, we scrolled endless feeds of intricately patterned loaves and watched the masters flip and roll and fold. Well, maybe you didn't, but I sure did. I cooked so much sourdough of those two years. It was ridiculous. If you're into sourdough, then there's a good chance you've come across the Inby Baker, and you'll be familiar with Gregor and the mesmerizing way he works the dough from his micro bakery in the coastal town of Inverloch in Gippsland. But I'm not talking to him today, I'm talking to his wife Hannah, because she's the one who's been running his social media and absolutely smashing it. At the time of recording our chat, I think her Instagram was around 106,000 followers, and I just checked before recording this intro and she's already up to 120,000. It's crazy. But what does it all mean? How does she do it? And how has this social media fame really affected their business? Well, keep listening. I started by asking Hannah how she got to be here in regional Victoria and what the journey has been to this situation she's in with a Spanish sourdough sensation for her husband.
1: It's not a really straightforward background, so it's a good question to ask. (laughs) Um, I grew up in Melbourne in St Kilda and my husband, Gregor, is Spanish. He grew up in Granada in southern Spain. Um, and I grew up with a Swedish father and an Australian mother, so I already had a relatively international background, Um, and I met Gregor when I was um, studying in Spain, so that's we met over there. And we lived in Spain for about nine years, I think it was, in the end, Um, and then also spent a little more than a year in Edinburgh in Scotland around a decade in, in Europe before, yes, when we were expecting our first child is when we moved back to Melbourne or back to Australia. And Inverloch sort of happened on a bit of a whim. Um, gregor got a job as a chef down here and we thought we would try it out for a year and just fell in love with the area. My parents had bought a house in Kate Patterson, and we'd spend a little bit of time in the area, but there weren't sort of really, really close ties or anything. But once we moved down here, we didn't really want to move back. So we just ended up staying.
0: So anyone who is following your social media accounts, particularly the massive amount of people who are following your Instagram, might be wondering why I am talking to you and not to the man himself, the actual Envy Baker. And it was funny when we when we had a conversation the other day about being on this show and you were saying he's never actually spoken on Instagram and I, it hadn't really occurred to me that, yeah, he hasn't said a word. Tell me about how you came to be doing the social media and, you know, the roles that you have in the business. Tell me a little bit about the, about the business. What is the Envy Baker? as I say to people when I meet them, I'm the non-baking half of
1: the relationship. I certainly have never baked bread, but I, I suppose as most small business owners know that uh, running your own business quickly turns into a family affair and there's often friends and family that are helping out behind the scenes. I was aware of that when gregor decided to sort of retrain as a baker. He's always worked as a chef, so he's been in hospitality, but when he decided he wanted to do this, I obviously knew that I would be involved in some form and capacity. And I suppose something that I believe in, particularly in small business, despite um, limited experience really, is that we should sort of all try as far as possible to stick to our strengths. I think sometimes people end up in over their heads because they try and wear every single hat, ordering and things that are, are sometimes actually quite complicated tasks to do. And there's few people that can do every task themselves. So one of the things that is not Gregor's strength is technology or social media, certainly never been an avid social media user himself. So basically we've divided the tasks in the business, I suppose, straight down the middle. We don't share very many and it helps to avoid um, any arguments and disagreements as well. Everything that happens in the bakery, he does his way and it's his zone. And obviously when most of the important side of the business happens, but I have taken on more of a role of support behind the scenes. So I'm sort of making it up as I go along, <laughs> but I am a sort of a, a wannabe, very amateur photographer. I do like that side of Instagram. the visual. That's how we ended up focusing more on Instagram than other platforms. And I work as a translator. So I have a background with writing and language and those sorts of things. So creating the content is a that I'd struggled much with either so whether I liked it or not that did clearly fall to me I've certainly learned a lot along the way as well but um, I think that is important to know in small business what you're capable of doing and then also knowing that you can outsource so in this case he's sort of outsourced that part of the business to me but there are other things that we've asked other people for help even like when I spoke to you in the early days I think that's really important I think sometimes We speak to other people in small business who sort of have a kind of martyr approach of needing to do it all themselves and they think that they obviously the margins are often tight and you want it to be a successful business so you don't want to spend the money on certain things but I would quite recommend the opposite that if you don't have an accounting background or you don't have a social media background or whatever it might be in your business I think it is a good idea to contact the experts and get them to take over. I think it actually saves you money a lot of the time.
0: Yeah, it's really funny that you talk about that meeting that we had back during the pandemic in 2020. I think we managed to slip in a cheeky face-to-face meeting. Yes. So it must have been pre-lockdowns. Yeah. I distinctly remember you sort of being a bit nervous about, you know, how you're going to launch it on social media and what you were going to do. And we had this whole conversation and then, you know, six months later, you're Instagram followers just started to go up and up and up and up and up. And it was, it's been hilarious. So, anyone who is following along at home, at the time we're having this interview, they're sitting on 106 odd thousand Instagram followers and something like 3,000 on Facebook, but 106,000 Instagram followers in what, two years? Yep. It's been two years since you launched. That's right. Yep. It's crazy. So, I mean, obviously, it's kind of well known that sourdough went off during the pandemic. And I kind of get that, but tell me about how it all happened. Like, Do you remember a moment when you realised, wow, this is really
1: taking off? Like I said, I wasn't really a big social media user myself. Um, In our personal lives, we've never really used social media very actively. So it certainly felt like it had a life of its own pretty quickly. I obviously get the question a lot is how did this happen? And I. Wish I had a very clear answer because I haven't been able to really provide the answer when people ask me. Um, and and I think it had did come down to that combination of factors with the pandemic, and it was a truly international interest in baking as well. I mean, this was it's an international phenomenon, you know, experience that we've all lived through with a global pandemic where it really was happening all around the world, and all around the world there was an interest in baking. So it meant that suddenly that that space was an international one as opposed to just a, a local one. And I think also the fact that we were running this business or starting it in the middle of it and we were running it from home, there were a lot of people sitting at home and working from home, whether they liked it or not, all around the world. And seeing that we were doing that from our home was also something that interested people. And then we also get a lot of feedback about the sort of meditative nature of watching someone working with dough. And I think at a time when people were very stressed and there was all sorts of um, things happening to people in their own lives, they enjoyed just simply watching someone do a repetitive, simple task such
0: as shaping dough. It is beautiful to watch. I mean, I, I still watch most of the videos and even though there is a repetitiveness to it and there's a sameness to it, there's just something, I don't know what it is about watching him do it. Um, uh, I think it's possibly the scale and the music, you know, you quite often use, um, like a Spanish music and, you know, which is obviously just playing in the, in the background too. But there really is nothing kind of significant or special about the way that you've built this audience. It's just, yeah.
1: I've never deliberately um, copied anyone or fallen for fads when there's been people talking about changes to Instagram and you need to shift and adapt and all these sorts of things. I actually haven't had as much time as some people may spend or have to spend on the social media. So basically I have found something that works that our followers are interested in and that also helps our business. And basically repeated that as long as people are still interested in it if that makes sense I'm not trying to change it constantly I don't think to myself oh let's do something completely new every time I go to post and I think that's why I felt like it had a life of its own because I just was doing the same thing I'd been doing from day one and it wasn't a particular video or a particular photo as such there wasn't that moment you were talking about where I thought it suddenly went viral it was just a steady increase of people that jumped on board basically.
0: You know, I keep thinking back to the conversation that we had early on about the business and the business was always going to be a lifestyle business. You know, you wanted it to be around family. You wanted to enjoy living in Inverloch and think for a memory, you had a pretty set number of loaves that you wanted to do each week. So, People focus a lot on going viral and virality and reels and, you know, doing all of this stuff. But tell me, has that social media success had any impact on the business and how you, you know, have you changed your business to, have you scaled it up from where you thought you'd be, how it's kind of physically impacted you?
1: I mean both the social media account and the business itself as in the number of loaves of bread and those sorts of things, our customers, they both grew fairly quickly um, which meant that Gregor got to the point where he wanted to get to in the bakery fairly quickly which was obviously a relief when you started a new business that it felt that the model was going to work. But once we've reached that point He certainly doesn't make 100,000 loaves of bread. Most of the people who follow us will probably never try his bread because he's never going to, you know, make those sorts of quantities, obviously. We haven't changed anything because of what happened on Instagram. Um, Grego certainly doesn't even follow it very closely himself in the sense that he's very focused on his customers and his business and what happens on a day-to-day in the bakery. And I still deliberately prefer to talk to our real customers. So if the if I have a voice or I'm thinking, imagining who's watching and, and following along, they I do genuine most of the time I'm only thinking about our the, the local customers that I actually know, um, because I see our social media as part of our business. So I have no other intentions with our social media. That doesn't mean that I don't think about the content, especially the visual. I don't think, um, you know, if we've got a baker in Dubai, I am understanding that they're not going to be following or interested in most of the time when the content of the caption because they're not interested in knowing where they can buy his bread today, but we like to share as much as possible behind the scenes of what's happening in the bakery, which is where they have common ground. Our local customers love to see where the loaf of bread that they're eating was made and how it was made and the techniques that were used.
0: And and you've expanded the, I mean, you're not just, obviously he's not just baking bread, he's baking Swedish buns and my favourite cardamom ones. You've delved into croissants, you've got using beautiful um, locally made chocolate. You know, there's there's all kinds of um, pastries and stuff. And that is
1: something that social media is great for. It has connected him with people and it's also why it's been a positive and enjoyable process even with the 100,000 followers that we never had an intention to go out and find but it's a genuine community I suppose in the sense that they all follow because they're all interested in bread there's just lots of bread lovers that are you know that follow along and it therefore is an easy thing to manage like I've spoken to other people that manage relatively large social media accounts who have the headache of having to manage followers who aren't really there for genuine reasons or you know obviously if you purchase them or all those sorts of things which I'm not even sure how that even happens but I've in the two years that I've you know been managing the account all of our questions are genuine all of the people that contact with us are lovely and they and they have things to contribute or ask about and it's all bread related and it, it then creates that community, which means that Gadogo has had the opportunity to meet other people. Locally, other bakers locally, you know, when he started making his pastries, he was then able to more easily reach out to other people overseas who have worked with particular kinds of butter or, or that have a particular piece of machinery or something that he's interested in. And it's it, that's allowed him to create, yeah, to tap into that community, which I think is what social media back in the day was meant to be about. And it's, it has been a pleasant surprise to realise that it's still possible. There's a lot of negative press about social media, I think, a lot of the time. But um, it's, it's been a positive experience for us and it has created a, a genuine sort of space for, to talk about
0: bread. You know, every now and then I'll dip into the comments and they are. They're asking questions. They're like, oh, do you not fold or how long do you leave it for or what kind of oven do you, you know, like there's people who are just really just lapping it up. And it's lovely and it and it feels genuine. And I don't think I've ever seen a spammy or a negative no. or a weird comment on there, which just... It's,
1: which is 100,000 people. crazy, I mean, right? Very hard to get your head around the fact that there are 100,000 <laughs> individuals. You know?
0: yeah, there's a lot of people who will grow big followings and then they'll go, well, what can I do with this following? I'm going to tell people how I did it and I'm going to teach people um, exactly how I grew this following, but it like if you were to say uh, to a hairdresser or to a, even to a butcher or anyone, this is the exact steps I did. It wouldn't it wouldn't work for them. It wouldn't happen. Yeah, and it is what you've
1: always said about being authentic about it because. I think the other thing that helps is I work from home as well. So I'm here, the bakery is on the side of our house. so It's all here. It means that I generally don't ever schedule a post or anything like that. It's it's genuinely what is happening in the moment on the day and it's posted five minutes later. Instagram. That's what's working for us, you know, and I know it's not always possible for people to do that, but we don't think too much about Angles. He's Gregor doesn't mind what he looks like. He's not worried about his physical appearance when he's doing it. Um, so it becomes that genuine justice. It's a, it's a behind-the-scenes snapshot about what's happening in the bakery today. It's
0: not been set up for anything. It's really lovely to watch. It's really lovely to know that uh, that you've been able to to still stick to your guns. The, the bakery, the business model that that you wanted to have, despite pressure to expand and change or grow. I know that you have put equipment and systems and processes and stuff in place at the bakery to allow you to do more with less time. Do, did you want to talk about that a little bit?
1: Yeah, we're definitely big believers in in trying to find that elusive work-life balance, uh, which in small businesses is obviously very tough for a lot of people depending on what you're working in. Gadego's worked in hospitality his whole life and uh, we've been together for 20 years and so I'm aware of what it's like, both for the person working in hospitality and then the family around that person, um, the dangers of burnout and just simply working too much and missing out on life as it goes by. So we have two small children and we deliberately, so we spent a year in Sweden. I had a work opportunity over there. So we were there in 2019, just before the pandemic. Um, and that's when Gregor decided to sort of retrain as a baker. He was really interested in it. Um, and we deliberately set up the business. With an intention to create a job for him that would allow him to have control over his own hours and his time and, and that sort of thing. And so, we from the very beginning chose not to bake on Sundays, for example, which of course possibly frustrated some people um, and still continues to do so because obviously everyone would love a fresh loaf of sourdough on a Sunday morning. But um, as we said in the beginning, that's We just won't be the ones that will be providing that bread on a Sunday. So, I think people, particularly after the pandemic, are now more open to people running their businesses differently. I think everyone's picked up on the lack of staff in hospitality. Um, I think people are are becoming more accepting of, of, uh, say, a small business, a small cafe or shop, choosing to close um, if that's what they need to do at a certain time. I think people are starting to understand that you might want to work different hours or do what works for you as well. So we've, um, like you said, invested back into the business from the very beginning with intention to have enough ovens and other equipment that he needs to make sure that he's not overworking, which means he can continue to work. It makes it more sustainable for us as well while also then having the time with the kids and not working crazy
0: hours just coming back to this idea of going viral, some of your reels, you know, it's not uncommon for you to get over 100,000 or 250,000 or even like half a million views. And they, they also get a lot of comments and a lot of shares and a lot of saves. And, you know, in my work, people seem to be really focused on this idea of going viral with reels. How do you feel about that? Do you think it's meant really anything for your business? Do you think if you stripped it back and you were sitting at like 2,000, 3,000 Instagram followers that you'd still have the customers that you have and the business that you have?
1: People that know us personally think it's quite entertaining because it's really not what we like. So we're not, as I said to you before, we're not social media users. I like to think that we don't put any more value on, on ourselves or on what he's doing with his business we're not sort of counting the followers and we were never doing that in the first place. I remember from the first conversations I had with you that there was never an aim for a number of followers or anything. Our aim has always been for him to create a job for himself doing something that he loves and for that to work for his family and to celebrate. That is That was the aim and that is what we are most proud of now two years down the track, that that has worked and that people love his products and he can um, spend that time with the family and and do do what, he's, what he loves doing and be able to be creative and all of those things. That is what we place our values on. I say it to a lot of people. I speak to lots of other local small business people in the area and things like that. And some of the businesses that we admire the most um, that have been around a lot longer than we have um, have, you know, a, a local social media following of two 3,000 people. And that makes me realise as well we've got 100,000 followers. We probably have two, three, 4,000 genuinely really close local people that follow us. And we have customers who buy and love our bread who are not social media users
0: as well. I know. And you don't have 4,000 customers. You don't (laughs) even want 4,000 customers, do you?
1: Exactly. So I definitely, with some people who feel like they've somehow failed because they haven't reached a certain number of followers, that makes me really sad and upset. And I don't like to see people putting that pressure on themselves because, It hasn't had an impact. It doesn't have an impact on our business as such if a certain video has half a million views or not. But it has created that community, like I say, that has helped um, Gadego feel less isolated, I suppose, running a business he works by himself. It is, it's, it's led to contacts with people that he's now friends with and has had you know, other kinds of professional opportunities to work with and, and that is something positive. But I don't think you can put a number on that. I don't think that happens when you reach 5,000 followers or it happens when you have one viral video or two viral videos. Yeah, I think counting numbers of followers and numbers of views does more damage than good most of the time.
0: You're in a very beautiful community there in um, Inverloch in South Gippsland down on the, on the Bath Coast. That's right. And, you know, realistically there's only a few thousand um, people there who are customers anyway. But one of the things I think that you've probably had an impact on is number one, tourism. I think that showing the area, showing the region and reaching out to people across the world, get to see that little window into your life and your lifestyle. I think that's a really important thing to remember. And also too, I think that you've probably really inspired a lot of businesses in the area who might, look. there might be people who look at your following and just go oh my god how the hell or <laughs> yeah. i wish i could do that or yeah. they might compare themselves to you but i think that your success and the the simple way that it's come about and the and i guess the authentic way that it's come about is hopefully really inspiring to local businesses and to local businesses in in other small towns, there's been no tricks. There's been no follow, unfollow or, yeah, no. <laughs> or you know, stupid apps, like bot apps or yes, there's been no. none of that. You've built a, a following around, um, around behind the scenes of
1: making bread. It is nice to think about it as a simple thing so you can focus on on your small business and what you're doing with that and social media doesn't need to be as scary or challenging as sometimes you might think it is when you're starting a business it can be part of it but I think I mean your focus hopefully shouldn't be only on that and it's certainly not what what you should value your success on I think having social media success is it should be separate to your business success so sometimes they might go hand in hand but the important thing at the end of the day is that you get to run your business the way you want to run it and that you're happy with the outcome of that.
0: I imagine the one of the ways that it has and will continue to help you is the, there's that idea of social proof. So if somebody just comes across you for the first time, like they, they come down for a holiday or you know whatever, they stumble on your account, then they would look at that and they would naturally go, oh wow, they must be really good one of the things that I wanted to ask you was, what's the best thing about for you about working and living in a small town?
1: Running a small business, you do like I said earlier, need support both from your family and from friends and people around you and by living in a small town, um, you have that by default that community around you um you get to make connections with people in a way that might not be as easy to do in a in a bigger city. Gregor also delivers all of his bread himself. So he has face-to-face contact with our customers. You know, we speak to local cafe owners. Um, So the people he makes the bread for have that personal contact with him that's important to us too, that, you know, it's not just our small business. Our small business partially runs on on us selling our products through other small businesses in the area. So it's in everyone's interest to support each other, especially after what everyone's gone through with the pandemic. And it's been a struggle for particularly hospitality businesses. And we just love being able to be part of it. And if you, we can help each other out, then that's just a positive thing. And I think, having that genuine contact with with your customers and the same way, you know, we, we sell our products at the Inverloch community market once a month. So it's not something we generally do. The they markets are generally on the weekends. And, you know, that, as I said before, is our family time. So we don't um, run around like crazy trying to do all of the different farmers markets. But we do love doing that one market to have the chance to speak to a lot of our customers face to face. So
0: Mm. I think you get that feedback too absolutely
1: and you know that's the same with the local cafes like Gregor works with um cafes to you know make particular products that they need for different reasons and things and he loves being able to do that so I think it's easier in a small town. You, we get a lot of support from people who live here and, and you feel like you're part of something bigger, which when you're working from home and it's otherwise relatively isolating, as in he works hours, many hours by himself, that becomes invaluable.
0: No, I think community and being a part of a community is one of the most beautiful things about living and, and working in a, in a regional area. And taking advantage of that being a part of it, doing as much as you can, and and you're lucky you've got this great, you've now got this great platform that you can use to help other people. So Absolutely. if you promote, yeah. yeah, one of the businesses that you're working with, or if there if there is a market on, or if there is a festival on, or if there's something that that's happening, you've got more followers than the regional tourism accounts. Even
1: yeah, it's a positive platform that you can use then to share that. Yeah,
0: well. It, it becomes an, an asset for Inverloch, really, doesn't it? And, um, and, and being able to tell those stories. So tell people where they can find you so that they can find out where they can actually try some of this stuff. It's www.invibaker.com
1: And, of course, we have an Instagram account. Um, we are The Invy Baker.
0: So if you looked up The Invy Baker while you've been listening wondering how bread can attract such a huge following while you're busy, busy, busy creating content to promote your business. Well, make sure you head to episode two of the small town business podcast, where I put my coaching hat on and give you some tips. Now I love feedback. So feel free to email me your thoughts to smalltownbusiness.pod at gmail.com. And please follow along at Instagram at smalltownbusiness underscore podcast to continue this conversation. Thanks for listening please share with your biz buddies and don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Small Town Business was recorded on the lands of the Gunai Kurnai and I would like to pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Big thanks to Chris at Jetstreamer for production and editing support. I'd be talking into a tin can without you. Don't forget to subscribe or follow and if you like what you hear, please write a review to help me reach more people. Thanks for listening.